Fit After 30 show, episode number 19 with Oren McCrory, your most common barriers to getting in shape, dissolved. This conversation was gold. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Fit After 30 show, the podcast for those who refuse to accept that they're past it or that their best days are behind them and are ready to demand more from themselves despite some potential new challenges. Aches might be there, your time might be a little limited and your responsibilities are likely through the roof. But ultimately, if you're listening in, I know you're not up for just settling. Welcome in once again as we explore how to excel and balance physique, family and fat loss in this new chapter of your life. I'm your host Sharif Lawton and this is the Fit After 30 show. Boom, welcome into another Fit After 30 show and I am here today with my man Oren all the way in Australia if I'm not mistaken. Brother, how are you today? I'm very well my friend, how are you? I'm doing good mate, I'm doing good and uh, this must be quite nice for you because I know that you've had quite a lot of uh, guests your end in terms of your, you being the host and you interviewing different people and now uh, yeah the, the shoe is very much on the other foot so I've, I've been pumped about this episode man and hopefully you have as well. Yeah man it's good, it's definitely, um, it takes a bit of the, pre- it, it's different pressure, it takes the pressure off of having to ask the questions and make sure it runs smoothly but now I've got to answer the question so it's, <laughs> it's a different kind of pressure right? Wicked man yeah hopefully I won't throw too many curveballs your way but as always bro let's just get a rough kind of introduction as to who you are, what you do, how we came to know each other and all the rest of it and then we can dive a little bit deeper but uh, if I'm not mistaken bro that accent isn't Australian so uh, what's the deal it's with that? definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> So I live in Perth, Australia on the West Coast here with my wife and my uh, two beautiful daughters. Uh, we came here in 2018 after doing four years in Glasgow. Uh, I'll give you the rough, rough background. So I graduated sports science uh, out of John Rose University in 20, uh, 2009, qualified as a PT in 2010, moved back home to Ireland, uh, set up a little small studio there, decided to sell it, moved to Glasgow in 2014 to try to get out of that you know, I was a big fish in a small pond and I thought, well, you know what, I've never worked in one of these big commercial gyms, you know, with heaps of members and loads of trainers. Let's try that. So I got a job in a pure gym in Glasgow, moved there 2014, met my wife literally the month after, um, got engaged the year after that, got married 2017. She's a dentist. To cut a long story short, we got a visa to come here and uh, we've been building the business and uh, yeah, just... Um, growing it down here in uh, Australia and just loving it. The lifestyle's great. It's good for the kids, good for us. So yeah, man, that's the, that's a cliff notes version, a really quick summary. Mate, that's absolutely solid. Absolutely solid. So your life is now in Australia, which I'm very jealous about. And um, okay, cool. So are we still doing any kind of one-to-one gym stuff? Are you based purely online now or is it kind of a, a hybrid of the two? What's the deal with that? So I do, I work at Doherty's gym, which is literally my dream gym. It's like the only gym I knew moving to Australia and I got a job here. Um, so I still do PT probably about 15, between 12 and 15 sessions a week, um, just in the morning. So that gives me time to do my online and obviously have family time and lovely podcasts like this in the evenings. So um, yeah, literally in the mornings, I'm in the gym, in my office with clients, whatever in there. 
and then I do most of my online online work in the afternoons then from home most of the time as well. So a nice little mix of both, but definitely keeps me busy. Man. Yeah, man, that's a solid setup for sure. And then now when it comes to your online gig, are you training men? Are you training women? What's the kind of typical clientele demographic that now comes to you and you know puts up their hand for help and wants your services? How does that look? Yeah, so I do train both. Like a lot of my content that people will see will be a lot of it's like mindset and lifestyle stuff. You know, that obviously could be both genders, but um, a lot of the stuff is aimed more females. I don't know why. I just find that females gravitate towards me because I don't know. It's the family aspect. I put out a lot about my family on social media. Maybe it's because I'm not intimidating or I'm just friendly. I've got a big cheesy smile, so people see it in the gym and maybe they think he's not that intimidating. Let's go talk to him. Um, <laughs> So I do still train guys, but it's probably like 60, 70 percent uh, females and the rest coming from guys. And I do still take guys on as clients, but that's just when they inbox me. I don't actively go looking, guys. It's just people who come to me for through referrals or through like in my content, uh, even though it is in the, in the majority of females and the majority of the transformations are females. If a guy comes to me, I can still work the magic there. And I do enjoy taking them on every so often. But my groups, the hybrid group, um is all females and the one-to-one online is probably about 70 percent females i would say wicked okay cool so if we now sort of base the conversation mainly around potentially the, the kind of issues which a lot of females per, you know come to you with even though you do train guys and what have you um and, and these ladies are they typical kind of um are they mums are they sort of busy entrepreneurs like do they fit into any sort of demographic that normally gravitates towards you is it like a, a good kind of mixed bag you know what's their training experience like what they typically come to you you know wanting it's probably a mixed bag, really. You do have the people in the sort of high demanding jobs. You've got a lot of them, even if they are in high demanding jobs or just a pretty normal job. Um, there, a lot of them have kids as well. Um, some obviously single, some younger, some older. It's kind of a real mixed bag, but I guess they all present with the same problem of spinning their wheels in the gym. You know, they've they're training. They've definitely got at least six months to a year's experience. Yep. They just know that shit, it's not working for me. I've been training, I've been doing my own thing, maybe trying classes or doing some weights, not really putting everything together. And that's why they come to me to sort of piece the jigsaw together and make sure that they can start to progress and see the results that they're craving. And man, I think that's quite a hard pill to swallow, especially when you've got someone who's inherently like, they're not lazy. They're actually like in the gym, they're doing their bit, they're carving out that time. And ultimately, like, you know, at some point they're like, well, I still look the same, you know, or if not worse, potentially yeah. because their eating habits and their lifestyle habits are all over the gaff. And I think to kind of like take stock and be like, do you know what? Like this isn't working. I need to do something different is, is pretty much a hard pill to swallow. But if we now go down that line of thinking, um, what typically do you see them, you know, putting their kind of eggs in the wrong basket and really trying hard there when actually they need to be doing something completely different what typically would they might have tried on their own you obviously mentioned classes and all the rest of it but yeah let's just kind of take a little bit of a deeper dive into what they think they should be doing versus what you actually get them to start optimizing initially yeah well I mean, to be honest like i think ladies are just workhorses right like they're designed mentally and physically to cope with childbirth right which we are not they have a higher pain threshold they work a lot harder than us so i guess a lot of people would have the tendency to just keep stacking stuff on in the hope that you know that like for lack of a better phrase they're just throwing shit at the wall to see yep. what sticks right so they're doing yoga they're doing weights they're doing maybe spin class they're you know trying to do keto and then the next week they're fasting and then they, you know they're pulling everything and just like 
seeing what work, what like what might work, but they don't really know what's going to work because they're throwing so much shit at the wall that they literally can't see the wall anymore. You know? <laughs> um, but the way I like to, to say it is, I'm pretty sure I got this off somebody else, so this isn't my quote, but it's a good analogy, is they don't need to throw more shit at the wall. They just need to get better at aiming the shit at the wall. So <laughs> when, they throw, when they throw some shit, they know exactly where it lands and they can see if, if it works, if it sticks, right? Absolutely perfect. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. And oftentimes it's because like so many variables are now changing at every one time. Even if something does work, you don't actually know what it is. You can't replicate it because it's like, well, was it the fast thing or was it the spin? Like, who knows? Um, yeah. Okay, cool, man. So yeah, very, very much uh, on the same kind of line of thinking in terms of uh, the ladies that come, uh, you know, into my sort of sphere of, uh, you know, influence and circle and what have you, which is interesting. And, you know, how do you therefore get in their minds or you know, even attempt to get them to think a little bit differently, because even though they might have realized that, all right, what I'm doing isn't working, um, you know, a lot of the time it's built into their weekly routine, the whole thing of like starting again on Monday and being super restrictive, even though they know logically on the weekend, it's going to end with a binge, it's going to end with the wine and the takeaway and the guilt and the shame, you know, what what kind of steps do you put in place to be like, all right, you know what, we're, we're going to do things very differently. And I'm going to need you to trust me. And you know, here's what we're going to do. Yeah, I mean, I think like like you said, it, it's down to the trust, right? Like they're coming to you to get a result. They already trust you by even reaching out to say, hi, like I'm kind of interested in that post you've done. Like that's showing a lot of trust in us as a coach, right? So they've got to relax and sort of take on the advice. And like, I always be honest with people. It's a guess at the start. I don't know if the nutrition plan is going to work straight away, but that's where the accountability and the check-ins will come in. So you give them the plan, make sure that all the questions are kind of answered through the plan, make sure they know where everything is. And then it's just a case of tweaking it through everything that we do. But another good point you had was like, you know, they will normally go hard Monday to Friday and then binge on the weekend because they feel like they need that stress relief or they just don't know better like i enjoy a takeaway on the weekend right it's not it's not a binge but i definitely enjoy that glass glass of wine or gin and a burger with the wife so like i i get it and i think that's probably the main thing is being you know empathetic towards their situation and noah saying like hey i'm with you like i want to have a gin this weekend too i'm going to order a takeaway this weekend too and putting it into perspective or like if you want to flex this stuff in or if you want to have a little bit of a calorie cushion you can still do this but you've got to tick the boxes during the week and you know that would involve probably you know between three to five weights workouts daily steps accountability to their food make sure they nail their check-ins and make sure they're hydrating and probably sleeping was sleeping good as well but the sleep's one that can probably come later but in those first couple of weeks get tick those boxes tick those daily things to make sure that by the time they get to the weekend they feel like it's not going to send them off into a spiral if they do have a glass of wine or do have a takeaway with the family because these things these things will always be around we always are going to have them in our lives and if we try to avoid them and think that they're like the plague and we we need to avoid it as or covid come more common one now it's like covid where we have, have to avoid getting it like you're just gonna trip yourself up because you're gonna keep like feeling like a failure every time you fall off the wagon and you know if you just teach them that you're actually staying on the wagon you're just building it in and following the plan that way and that's normally the the, the key thing you know Mate, I think the last kind of, yeah, the last kind of couple of minutes, two, three minutes of that, there's so much gold there to, to be extracted. Um, I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And one of the first things you said, just in terms of like coaching practice, and it's something which I haven't really heard before, but I can totally 
empathize with is a lot of the time you know if someone's a good fit they'll pay the money to sign the contract and be like right good to go and they're kind of really pumped and you send them over the first protocol and they're like you know thinking it's like the holy grail and it's like no this is just my best guess that like where things are at initially we're going to be tweaking it and ultimately the, the start protocol versus where they end up often looks like completely different completely different based on what yeah. we're now seeing on a week to week basis and whatever so i've not actually heard another coach mention that but that's absolutely bang on i love that um and then yeah ultimately i think like because of the, the fact that you're a family man the, the fact that you can empathize with the situation the fact that you're not a robot it's not like you're going well i eat chicken broccoli brown rice in my fitness pan in my bedroom so you should do the same thing you know you're saying like listen i enjoy g and i enjoy pizza as much as the next person so listen let's now work this out i think that's incredible man because like you always said it's going to be part of the plan and what's what's the point in life that's what i say to my guys and gals i'm like you look great for who like you can't even go yeah. and enjoy it like you you know you're so scared of social so Okay, let's let's dive into the socials thing because I think a lot of people do understand this kind of calorie cushion and and very much so like the the seven day average rather than like it's it's not necessarily about the twenty four hours. I think you kind of touched on it briefly, but what do you tend to do or see around the mindset of like right, I've had something which is off plan or what have you, and now it's like well it, you know it's never the one biscuit, it's never the glass of wine that's the problem, it's the fuck it, may as well have like the, the packet of biscuits and the Ben and Jerry's and I've blown it, let's start on Monday. You know, despite yeah. all the best education in the world, that's something which I still see over and over again. What do you do to try and stop that mentality, the on and off the wagon sort of mindset, which is, is so prevalent? So one thing that I, I throw out at a lot of free trainings and things that I do is like to rethink of everything as like a quarter, quarter system, right? So split your day into four quarters, right? Think of a game of basketball, right? baseball, any of these games, normally American games that are in quarters, right? Let's go with basketball. Goal, I used to play it, so I, I like it. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Okay, so what's the goal of basketball, right? To score the most points and obviously to stop the other team scoring points, but whoever scores the most points wins, right? You've got four quarters to do that in. Now, mate, you can literally lose one quarter, Sharif. You can lose one half of the game. Even if you've got a really bad game, you can lose three quarters, and if you really pull things together, you could potentially win that game, right? Yeah. So if you split your day into quarters and we're all going to have these moments like where we're at the filling station, it's designed or Tesco, whatever these self-checkouts, they're designed in a way that, you know, you're five people deep because you're buying petrol on the cheapest day over here. Petrol has a cheapest day in a two week cycle. So it's always busy when you go in. Right? So <laughs> you're five people deep and you look to your left and you've got, you know, you've got Haribo, you've got all those sort of sweet stuff. You look to your right and there's all fizzy drinks. There's chocolate, everything. You're, you're fighting it the whole way, then you get to the front, you're about to pay the man, and you see two for five dollars, two Mars bars for five dollars. Fuck, that's a great deal. And that's a flavor of Mars bar that I've never had. They've got some Mars bars over here, mate, that are insane. Like, oh, that, that's a brand new Mars bar. It's a caramel Sunday flavor Mars bar. I'm like, never had that before. So we've all done it, right? We buy that thing at the last minute. We've we've fought it the whole way up the queue. We get to the top and like we finally crack. We buy that chocolate bar. We go back to the car, we munch the shit out of it, and then all of a sudden, guilt hits in, and we say, oh, you know what? I fucked that up. Like, I had a decent lunch, but I'm driving home now. Let's just get a pizza. And they just they give up because of that one little thing. So if you reframe it to one, teach them what's in that chocolate bar, so it's only three, 400 calories. But also, if you think of it as that quarter system, they've just, they've just fucked one quarter of it rather than the whole day. So they can get back on track and win the game if they just reframe it in their mind rather than that all or nothing effort mentality yeah. it's literally they just can get back on track with that and normally when you split that into quarters like that people are like oh i never thought of it like that but it's true and it's kind of like you know you've got four tires on the car 
You get a flat tire, you don't get a carbon knife and just tack the other three, right? That's going to cause hell of a bigger bill and it's going to be a pain in the ass trying to get home, you know? I, I haven't heard that quarter system before, but it makes a ton of intuitive sense. And like, even just saying that, like, you know, get back on track fast. And that's, you know, we, we had a live event recently and we went through like the key characteristics of our most successful clients. I was like, right, what are they doing differently? You know, and one of them, there was about, we identified about sort of nine characteristics or traits was the ability now to get back on track quickly. It's not about being perfect. It is about being consistent, but I think to conceptualize it as a quarter, even if you royally cock up one, it's like, okay, cool. Next quarter. It doesn't have to be Monday. Do you know what I mean? Because as you know, unfortunately, you can do a lot of damage with like, if you've blown it on Friday, oh, fuck it, all a Saturday, all a Sunday. That's like 40 something yeah. a week. You've just gone screw it to, right? Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. And once you reframe that in their mind, then it's a bit easier and they become more accepting. And even if they have blown their calories out for the day, at least then they're getting back on track and thinking, you know what, I've had that McDonald's for breakfast because I didn't have any other option. It's twice as many calories as I should have had. But you know what? I'm just going to get back on track and eat the normal meals. 100% bro and I think actually you know full transparency that's probably the biggest part of my coaching which has changed over the past probably year or two and the fact of like you know before I was very much looking at it on paper and I was like well if we overeat then then we can cut back then and then ultimately over the course of seven days we're where we need to be but the reality is that can very quickly I don't know if you agree with this but lead to like a binge purge situation or like constantly overfeeding underfeeding and now my advice is like yes yeah, swallow the amnesia pill didn't happen move on next day boom just get back on it right yeah, 100%, mate. And I think like it's okay to do that if you know you've got an event coming up, like a wedding or something, and you say, listen, Sharif, mate, like, I've got this wedding, can't get away from it, don't really have control over the menu, what should I do? Oh, mate, just take 200 calories out each day from your, your carbs or fats, whichever you prefer, and then that gives you a 1,000 calories extra to eat on that, that wedding day. That could be a couple of drinks or a normal food or whatever you want to do. And that's okay to, you know, proactively plan that. But yeah, if yeah. you've literally done something that might cause guilt in terms of you haven't planned it and you just grab something really quickly i think like you said you should swallow that amnesia pill which actually I, we both like each other's sayings here i like that saying <laughs> swallow the amnesia pill yep. and then you know you just forget about it because if, if you get in your own head about it mate like you spend 24 hours a day in your own head so it's going to be a positive conversation that you have in there if you're constantly replaying that loop of you know what shit i really messed up this morning i didn't do that i'm sure he's not going to be happy with me because of that you know, like if you're replaying that rather than just saying, oh, you know what? He told me to say, fuck it. And the opposite mindset of fuck it, uh, instead of fuck it, it's like, I'm just going to go off the rails. It's, oh, fuck it, it's happened. Let's forget about it. Yeah, 100%, bro. 100%. So many similarities with the, the, the stuff in which I teach my guys and gals, which is solid. So, so good. And I think as yeah. well, it's like this is exactly what I wanted from this podcast, not just necessarily a, a random conversation as much as we could do that all day long, but like, you know, extractable gold that people now listening to it can be like, okay, bang, the quarter system, bang, like the just kind of forget about it and move on. Do you know what I mean? So I think this is absolutely gold. Um, one thing just before we kind of move this on is that, I don't know about you, but again, what I have been seeing is that sometimes that kind of calorie cushioning as you sort of coin it or like, you know, coming in say 200 calories less. So you can enjoy that wedding as per your example. Yeah. That's great. Can backfire. If you go into that event, so hungry, you know, yeah. like, especially with hyper palatable food, like that's going to take so long for you to actually feel full on. So what I do is that, but I'm like, right, I still want you to go into the event full and satisfied. So that might now look like, you know, 200 grams of like Greek yogurt, a couple of scoops away and like a, some banana or berries or what have you. So you still got a big cushion, but now like yeah. you're not starving. So when the food does come out, you're not ordering five plates, whereas normally you would have had two. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, man. And I think the same for alcohol. Like if people say, listen, I'll, I'll eat my normal food, but I'm going to be drinking at this event. 
right, cool, let's make a thousand calorie cushion because you're telling me you're going to have at least five beers or whatever it is. Yep. Then take that out of the five days prior and don't cut your calories on the day of the event. Because if you go into a wedding or a night of the boys and you haven't, you haven't you know, eaten, you're going to be going home early and you're probably going to hit the takeaway on the way back and it's just not going to be good, mate, right? So if you do have to take calories out for alcohol alliance, like for an event like that, then don't do it on the day. Like make sure you eat your normal food on the day and then, you know, have that from there, but don't like go drastic with it for that cut because that's always going to end badly, mate. <laughs> Breaking the fast with a shot of whiskey or something, man. Yeah, it's yeah. never, never going to go well. <laughs> Oh, fantastic. So, so good. Okay, cool. And then, you know, you, you kind of mentioned before about like, um, you know, a lot of the, the ladies that come to you, they have kids and whatnot. So let's talk about how, you know, you include family into this whole equation, because really and truly, I know we spoke about this actually on your podcast, you know, when you were a father, shit changed in your priorities in the way that you trained and all the rest of it. Of course it does. And so like, I think having that ability to empathize, sympathize, and just relate far more to that audience now for both of us is, is really, really key. Um, yeah. I know it is for myself and I'm, I'm sure it is for you as well. So look, what do you say to people who genuinely are busy with the family and have got roles and responsibilities and pickup times and like, oh, well, I can't just fuck off and train in the middle of the day like I used to. Like, how do you work around that specific sort of barrier and or, you know, issue? I guess it depends, mate. It's going to depend a lot on the actual dynamic. And I know it's, it's shit on a podcast to say it depends, but like, let's give an example. Let's give it a tiny bit more context. So like, say Sandra comes to me, she's got to do the school run. She works, yes, yeah, say nine to nine to three and then picks the kids up from school. Um, she's got to cook dinner. She's got to do other things. You know, she's maybe got to see her, her mom and spend time with her partner and, you know, all these different things that go on. I guess the main thing to do is work out where in her day that she can do things, right? How can we make it as easy as possible? So does Sandra like to train in the morning or afternoon? When is she going to have potential downtime from the kids? Like, could she get up a little bit earlier and go to the gym while her husband sleeps in or a partner sleeps in or whatever. And then he deals with the kids. Then she takes, takes the kids for breakfast or whatever, does the breakfast room when she gets back. So um, yeah, it's just trying to, I guess, work out exactly where they're at and then seeing where it, it doesn't mean that that person needs to train from home and just invest in the TRX and some bands to get yeah. them kickstarted and, you know, find some time after like the kids, if you're lucky like me, most of my, my kids are in bed by like 6.45, that gives us a little chunk in the evening where I can do stuff like this and I could go train. Sometimes my wife goes, goes to train at this time, but it's like finding that sweet spot, like, okay, the kids are in bed by this time and they wake up at this time, right? We're in that window through the day around my work could I potentially squeeze in even if it's 30 minutes right even if it's 30 minutes and you need to do it from home or have a backup plan for home where you've got the gym is the ideal one but Sharif designed your plan to nail home as well as that little oh shit I can't get to the gym today oh no worries because I've got a full body band workout which Sharif sent me um, and then within that obviously you're going to have you know meals with the kids like anyone who doesn't have kids like I still eat my own meals because I'm just a bit OCD like that. Like I'll still prep my own meals, but I'll still try to sit down with them and have a meal in the evening. But like a lot of moms will just want to be able to give their kids a smaller version of what they eat, right? So whether that's, you know, a nice healthy shepherd's pie or something like, it's just finding the right recipes. So I guess they're a little bit kid friendly nearly um, or doing like kind of what I do, I guess. And there's no reason why you can't do it where I'll sit down and I'll have, you know, Chicken and, chicken and rice, for example, during the week, and my kids will have whatever, you know, and um, just finding these little ways to make it easier on yourself. Like, when can you 
get help from somebody around you to, to have the kids so you can go out and do your thing? Is it training in your garage, training in the bedroom? Is it going for a run where you just literally nail your nutrition and you get your cardio in, in the evening because you can put the kids down and leave hubby watching the TV or you go out for a quick run or whatever it is, you know, and just finding the individual and then finding the potential areas where we can just say, right, that's a, that's a 45 minute window. That's a 30 minute window. That's, that's an hour on a Sunday where you can meal prep, like most of your lunches or, you know, whatever it is, like find those times in the day, depending on your personal situation and then leverage those and just say, right, I'm going to make the most of this time rather than, you know, letting it be dead time where I'm doing nothing. Yeah, man, I think that's absolutely gold. And again, like, listen, like all this stuff requires sacrifice. So ultimately it's like, you can tell what the client wants or the way in which they're kind of, you know, what outcome they want almost by the way they're asking the question. So rather than just like, I'm so busy, then I can't train. Boom. That's like, I'm stuck. They're asking you for the solution and you don't have a fucking magic, you know, genie lamp or whatever. But if it's like, Hey, I've tried this, I've tried this and I can't figure it out. But what do you think about this? That's very much a solution focused question. So oftentimes I've got so much more time for that because I'm like, this person actually wants the outcome in which we both do. Let's now try and find a way through. And I also like you touched on the kind of if then situations, if I'm too busy to go to the gym, then I do my TRX workout at home. I think those are yeah. massively powerful. You know, if I have nothing in the fridge, then I've got the backup in the freezer, like that sort of shit. But again, it just, it does boil down to like, do, do you want this? Are you actually willing to work with your coach to find a solution? Or are you just kind of like stuck on staying stuck? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think a lot of coaches just have to nearly rather than provide the solution, like they need to just ask the question, like, okay, where in your day can you fit in time for yourself? Whether that's time to cook, whether that's time to whatever, is it 45 minutes, is it an hour? And you, instead of saying, I think you should do this, you should go and do that. Like, you don't always have to provide the solution for them. You can just literally say, hey, when do you think you can fit this in? Or what do you think the next step is? If you can't get to the gym this week or you find that, you, you know, you're not making time to go to the gym because you don't want to drive 20 minutes there and back or whatever reason that they can't fit it in, you just pose it to them, okay, so what do you think the next step is if that gym isn't an option now? And then they'll come back to you with the, the answer, which then leads to more buy-in because it's them who've come up with it. You're just steering the ship. You're guiding them to that answer. 100%. But you're just asking them and then they buy into it. And it's not like, oh, Oren says, I've got to do this. And it becomes a chore. Like if you just say, right, you know, suck it up, Sally. You, you, you got to get it done. Like, you you want results like this this body it wasn't it wasn't made from fucking excuses right like that's the complete wrong approach so we can't we kind of have to move away from this whole hardcore bodybuilding approach and sometimes just meet them where they're at and, and lead, let them lead us to the answer and like just ask them the right questions so that then it is um it is coming from them and it's more buy-in from them rather than just concrete yes or no go get it done sort of attitude 100% bro. No, I absolutely love that. It's like, you know, give them the autonomy to have the decisions around their health and fitness. And they're much more likely to last with that rather than just like, I'm on plan with Oren for the next 12 weeks. And I'm doing what he says, like a robot. And then what happens after that? You know, you always got a future yeah. pace and think like, you know, what you're doing now It's that whole cliche thing, isn't it? It's like, can you see yourself doing it long term? Yes or no? If the answer is no, that probably needs addressing, right? Um, yeah. But dude, listen, man, I don't want to take up too much more of your evening. This has already gone on for, for quite some time. And I think, you know, it's just been absolutely gold. So uh, I could continue chatting all day, but I, I do want to be respectful of your time and your evening. So brother, really, really thank you so much for, for coming on, sharing your time, sharing your knowledge, sharing your expertise. This has been fantastic. Um, where can people find you? Where do you hang out? What's your handles? All that good stuff. 
Yeah, awesome. Uh, you can get me on Facebook or Instagram, but to be honest, I just sent everything from Instagram to Facebook. Yes. Um, so if you go on Instagram and you type in Coach O, Team OMC, so Team OMC, or if you type in ODH, you will probably find me because there's probably not that many names out there, but my name is spelled O-D-H-R-A-N. Um, and then once that, but that'll pop up. But my, it's just my full name, Oren Macari, as my Instagram handle. Wicked, man. I'll, I'll whack it all in the show notes and what have you. But, uh, dude, I appreciate it, man. Anything, any kind of final thoughts or anything like that? Anything that you want to leave with or uh, are you all sweet? I think we're pretty good, man. But just that, you know, the main thing that people need to remember is that the power is in their hands and anything that they see somebody else do, they can do as well. And, you know, once you realize that, like, you know, if you envy one of Sharif's other clients or you're not even in coaching program with Sharif now and you're just listening to this and you're envious of the results, well, you can fucking get it too. You just need to actually realign the goalposts and get rid of the excuses and the reason why you say you can't achieve it and realize that, hang on, I can go and do that because too many times we get held back by this negative thing or this fear sometimes of succeeding that we think we can't do that. But if somebody else can do it, why can't you do it? You might need to work harder longer or smarter but like you know you uh you can 100 do it mate i love that i said that's a fantastic way to end and it's that whole triggering thing of like you know there is someone in a worse position than you right now getting better results like that can either 100%. piss you off or it can motivate you simple as that because it's true you know what yeah, i mean yeah. um yeah i love that bro wicked right let's wrap up i'm gonna hit stop uh dude you're the man appreciate your time once more and uh yeah i'm sure i'll catch you soon thanks brother